Welcome to Orange is the New Cast, the officially unofficial podcast for Netflix's Orange is the New Black television series. Tonight we're going to be talking about episode 211, Take a Break from Your Values. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me this week is... Nina from Project Fandom. Thank you for joining us once again, Nina. This is your last time, although I hope I hope you're able to come by for our wrap-up cast. Oh, yeah. I planned on it. Cool, yeah. cool. That's going to be a huge, sprawling, multi-person <laughs> cast. I don't know if I'm going to do you all at once or I'm going to queue you up or what, yeah. but we'll have to figure yeah. out something. What, what's your preference? you want to just get everybody on there? That would be a nice rever- a reverse podcasting gangbang. It's like seven <laughs> women on one dude or what? That's it. Yes. Let's go for it. Or would you rather do like the, you know, one at a time kind of thing? <laughs> no, let's go for it. If it I guess we could try and if it sounds a mess. Yeah, um, yeah, true. Yeah. Just wad it up and throw it away. Listeners, but I would like to I would like to talk about the season as a whole with all the ladies. Cool. All right. Well, we'll make that happen. Um, like you said, you're from projectfandom.com. Would you like to talk a little bit about that project for people that are just joining us? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's my website and we cover television and movie, movies, comics, anime, gaming, it's just pop culture. All the, the pop culture. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I have a bunch of people writing for me and it's a lot of fun and we, uh, we podcast. I'm now doing Four podcasts, three are weekly, one's monthly. Um, yeah, that's I spend way too much time on the internet and watching TV. So that's a lot of work. I can sympathize. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, is, is. that is a lot of podcasting. Yeah. So check it out. If you like Nina on here, I'm sure you'll like her on projectfandom.com. And uh, all of her co hosts are really insightful and funny. And she's got a lot of really good writers, some she's poached from the Bald Move family. I did. Uh, <laughs> I took Nikki. <laughs> and uh, glad you're giving her a, new, a, a good home. She's uh, super talented and insightful. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what we think about Take a Break from Your Values, Episode 211. What was your general impression of the, let's say, the episode and maybe this point in the series? We can just kind of get some quick hits here. Okay. So uh, I wasn't that crazy about the episode. It was a calm, bestor- calm before the superstorm, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, um, and just full disclosure, I had marathoned this whole season the day it was available. Sure, sure. Watched the majority of the episodes that night and then maybe finished it off the next morning mm-hmm. on Saturday morning. And I've not watched it since. I've watched the episodes that I'm going to, you know, cover for your show. Sure, sure. Before we record. So I've not watched the show in weeks and mm-hmm. I just watched this episode. So it was a little hard for me trying to remember where everyone was and why they were. So I'm going to probably have some questions of you. <laughs> okay. Well, I am, I am prepared. I have, uh, I've had the duty to watch them all since I'm the uh, only constant in the show. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I did feel like the stuff that happened in this one, like halfway through it, I was like, Oh, okay. This is all set up for the stuff that I know goes down in the final two episodes. So yeah, it's definitely a, 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 tra- a transition episode and we're going to cover it as if we haven't seen the last two episodes. So right. I got some questions from that perspective. Um, I kind of feel the same and I was surprised at how unsympathetic sister Jane came across throughout this whole episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're making this point that she's this like young idealistic crusader that then turned into this kind of me monster. Um, mm-hmm. and then I found that because one of the listeners emailed us that we're going to talk about this in the feedback section and she's kind of based on a real life person. I'm like, man, they kind of made her feel like this you know, that there wasn't the cause, it was the 
kind of narcissism, the the fame hound that was driving her, which I, I just I don't know. I felt like she's always been a very sweet, uh, moral, uh, stable character, one of the good people, and now she's a little bit grayer than I would would imagine her. What did you yeah. think? I mean, I was surprised by that too. I felt like um, at the one point in the episode where she's talking about, like, I think they're about to break into some place, and she's like, "Yeah, this will be like two more protests than this woman, this sister she's, did." She's keeping and, score, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh, so she's just about having a cause for having a cause sake, like, yeah. you know what it does." And then with the book, oh yeah, I was she she was very unsympathetic. But on the other hand, that happens all the fucking time too. I mean. Uh, people start with good intentions and it let to go to their head. And I mean, we see it so many times in politicians and other mm-hmm. leaders of movements and I don't know, pro- uh, semi-professional podcasters. They just let things go to their head and turn into these, these monsters that have to be brought down. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but then at the end, when you find out what she's in prison for, also you kind of like, wow, isn't there a different way to handle? And I get, I, I get that she's in minimum security prison, but you're going to throw an old, old nun in prison because she spray painted some buildings and splashed some blood around. I don't, I don't right. know. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in feedback. Cause I thought the real life story is very illuminating. Um, let's get right into the recap. But before we do that, I will lie and uh, not get right to the recap. Cause I want to point out that the director of this episode was constant, uh, Constantine Makris, uh, who's had several previous credits um, as a director in orange and new black law and order, all the law and order. Uh, special Victims Unit, Criminal Intent, Trial by Jury, Los Angeles, All the Laws and Orders, uh, 30 Rock, Damages, Warehouse 13, Rescue Me. Uh, lots, she's got, lo- uh, they got lots of experience and is written by Nick Jones, who's written a few other episodes of Orange and the New Black. And other than that, pretty much a writing newbie for professional wow. credits in television. So, uh, you wonder, how do you get that job? It's like, he must have written jingles or something, or maybe he was, uh, yeah, uh, I I remember interviewing one of the writers of The Walking Dead, and they mentioned that they were in a writer's workshop with one of the producers, and they got tapped out of college. And it's like, man, wouldn't that be awesome? I was I was wondering, did he like um, you know, when you look people up on IMDb, they'll have their credits listed by you know, like the job type. Sure. It's, yeah. So sometimes I like going to see like when they have, you know, actors have also directed or written something. Right. Or they're started in cinematography. No, he's, that's it. He's got, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's listed under writing and miscellaneous crew as a story editor and staff writer. So Mm. if you're going to have a first professional credit, Orange is the New Black, not a bad one to start off with on the old resume. So now we get back right to the, uh, to the recap. Superstorm Wanda, it's it's coming to hit the prison hard. We got a lot of prisoners worrying about themselves and their and their family members. They got a call back to Jimmy, the poor woman that just got streeted, mm-hmm. compassionate released, and you know what is she going to be doing when she's on the streets with this blizzard coming? Pretty somber, depressing. Plus, we know what a shitstorm the prison's infrastructure is. Is it going to survive the prison or the storm? A lot of kind of this foreboding. Uh, set up on the episode. Maybe that's why I kind of found it a downer too. It just the whole thing was kind of oppressive from the beginning. Yeah, it was. And I'm. I think you answered a question that I was going to have later. So when um, Sophia uh, was asking about, was wondering of like hoping her wife and and son would be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Jane said, 
worry about someone else. Yeah, was that, for, the, that was the old woman that showed up at the bar. Yeah, it's right? super confusing because her name is Jimmy. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and we, she's been a topic of conversation for the last couple of podcasts. So it was fresh in my mind. But, uh, okay. yeah, I don't know that on the first – because I kind of marathoned it too. I watched it in the very first weekend. I don't know that I made that connection at, at first until she gave the whole – compassionate release speech in the middle. Right. Um, okay. In the same room, Soso's off organizing a list of hunger uh, strike demands with, uh, An- uh, I think it's, what is the, uh, Angela? Who's the Pensatucky the Pensatucky crew. She's got two of those mm-hmm. that she's can, uh, and yoga Jones. Uh, they try to get sister Jane in on it and they drop that. She is in prison for trespassing on a nuclear facility. Um, and she says, no, I just want to stay out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to this, do this whole solemn contemplation thing, uh, which she gets called uh, a pussy for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that, that, that reads, leads right up into the flashback where, you know, she mentions that, uh, you know, she's getting inducted into the, the, the habit. And she's concerned that Jesus has never personally spoke to her. And then a couple of younger nuns after um, Sister Constance, which leads, looks like she's the leader of the convent. The mother – what do you call that? The mother uh, – Mother, Is it Mother Superior? Mother Superior, I believe. Um, there's a couple of younger nuns uh, enlist her to go to a rally against the war. This is uh, – I'm, I'm guessing the Vietnam-era war, um, judging by the really super groovy nun bus. The Volkswagen <laughs> nun bus we see later, I'm guessing, is, is the Vietnam-era. And the one nun says, hey, you know, it's okay. Sister Constance has given this the, her blessing. So Sister Jane's like, all right, I'm in. Uh, we did have a scene with Caputo and Fig. Fig is trying to spin this rape thing that happened uh, with Daya and Mendez, the fake rape, uh, into some kind of political event. She's having a concert, and she's brainstorming names. You got to have rape in the name. Yeah. Rock to rape, <laughs> rape to vote, r- rape to rock. Uh, it's just like so tone deaf and disgusting, but you feel like that that's exactly how Fig would be, right? Yeah. she's She is an awful, awful person. She really and is. And if you had told me back when I watched the first episode of the first season mm-hmm. that Caputo would be somebody that I would – root for or at least be like you know he's not that bad i would have thought you were crazy right sure he masturbates in his office but he does seem to have the women's core needs at 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 heart at least (laughs) right um so so she buys him off because he's kind of like well i'm really glad this sexual violation is working out for you she buys him off with the fact that she's going to fix the b-dorm bathrooms which is the one that's been shit flooded and it's been causing uh, racial tensions between the Latinas and the black women. Uh, and also they're getting some cast off uh, riot gear from the Mac security prison. Uh, one pathetic Caputo note is he also tries to get his plug his band in there and she yes. shuts it down. <laughs> yeah. What is the name of his band? I've forgotten already. I forgot. And I feel like we, I, I feel like, we talked about this on the last show I was on. I know. I mean, and it's 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 so great. It's like the armpit vaginas or something really <laughs> crazy. Um, man, what the heck is it? Eh. All I know is that guy told him he looked like the gay edge. The and- gay edge, sure, sure. Side boob. Side, Side boob. Yes. boob. 
Everybody. Yes, I knew it's armpit vagina. I was close. <laughs> I was in I was in the right pectoral range. I was in the wrong posterior range, but but uh, I was I was close. Yeah. But no cigar. Um we then see Daya, she's kind of down and she's talking to Piper about this uh, prison comic uh that she's not feeling good about a horse and an eagle. Uh did did you did you notice anything particular about the speech the, the thought bubbles on on this comic? I quickly when I think when she because I think uh, Piper said something like she thought it was a hawk or something and she said it's not a hawk it's an eagle or whatever and they showed it briefly I thought I saw one that said I no- I notice you're pregnant or yeah. something to the horse right 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 the 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 hawk landed on the horse's belly and said I notice you're pregnant and the horse is like oh does everybody know and the others like pretty much and she's like I must I must shoulder this burden alone it's kind of emo. But the speech bubbles were go were being read from uh, right to left instead of left to right, and I know, <laughs> and I know your your daughter's in the ma- manga or manga or whatever it is. And my question to you, because we know Daya is all big into that too, right? She's big in that's one of her core things. She's big in anime and manga. Mm-hmm. Did she is is that because she doesn't know better? She thinks all comics are written that way. Is it an homage uh, to manga, um, or what is the deal? I'm going to I'm going to hope that it's the latter that she knows better and that she is choosing to, you know, emulate this style. I'm going to because I didn't even know until I started buying them for my daughter that they read them that they start in the back or something. It's weird. It um, is. It's very very it's it's it in fact I I've read a few. I'm not a huge anime ma- manga guy. But it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a page by page struggle to tear my eyes away from the left edge and go to the right edge and and read it more or less backwards. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. Although it's funny because I do read if I get a magazine, I always read it from back to front because it feels more natural to hold it with my left hand and page with my right. Really? Yeah. So it kind of fucks me on stuff that's uh, ordered ordered by page number. But uh, you know, if I'm just reading like a Game Informer or something like that. One of my contributors reads the last page or the last chapter of a book first. Whoa. Now that, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah. We are on the book club podcast. She admitted that. And How I was does like, she justify that? That's crazy. Just wanting to know what happens if it's worth continuing. That's insane to me. But how do you know that? Like, it's like um, arriving in like Miami and then deciding, well, I guess that's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> Because who doesn't want to go? It's like, yeah, Miami, I'm in. Uh, It's like trying to uh, arrive at like uh, Albuquerque and looking around. I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to go here or not, you know, but then Breaking Bad happens there. Who You know, that could be that story. I guess. Um, Let's see. What are we talking about here? Oh, Daya is giving Bennett the complete cold shoulder this episode because she still feels bad about um, guilty about sending Mendez to prison. Which she should. She should. This is this is this is something we talked about on a lot of the podcasts. But this situation continues to become, you know, more and more awful, and make the people that were really pulling for Die and Bennett and thinking they're cute feel worse and worse about the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, which I wonder if Jinji had that in mind from the first season when she set this up, or something she kind of ruminated or based that on feedback or you know criticism, and then decided to kind of turn the story on its head. Because either way, it's really clever. But yeah. I didn't see it coming, and I was super happy to see them explore some of those themes. Yeah. 
Um, what did you think about moving on to V and the the another classic V and Pousset kind of verbal sparring match where Pousset says, you know, your problem is you're too weak to be taken serious on the outside. Yeah, I think um, I don't re- I don't know how much I don't remember how much of uh, V's backstory we have at this point. Yeah, it's, oh. um, I, that's a tough question to ask. I mean, yeah. we don't know. We, the, the, I, I will say that there's at least one more bomb that hasn't been dropped. Okay, then I won't say anything. Okay. Um, I feel like, but just in watching the scene again this morning, um, there was a part of me where I was like, you don't, I really got the feeling she did not understand who she was fucking with. Hmm. I was like, girl, you need to stop. Just stop. And then when she said, how bad do you want this to get? Right. She says, well, how bad can you, you know, how, how, what can you do? When she said, I have nothing else to lose. And her voice broke uh-huh. when she said it. I've, it, it for me that made then the whole scene make sense because I was just like why is she antagonizing her why, right. what but when she asked that question I was like yeah you, I mean she's already in prison she's been isolated and alienated from the one person that you know she connected with there she got a vicious um, beat down and survived and I, that and I okay that's what I don't remember I was going to ask you because she said how are you you know how are you feeling so I. I, clearly something happened to her, but I don't remember what happened to her. Yes, yeah, Suzanne, crazy eyes. Uh, Suzanne beat her down in the shower at V's <sighs> behest last episode, which was okay. well, traumatic to both of them, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like one of those things is like once you survive an ass whooping, um, <laughs> you kind of it's 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 kind of like an inoculation shot. You're not really afraid of it again. Um, right. And, you know, what else are they going to do? They're going to kill her. Um, I felt like I wasn't sure if this was extremely brave or extremely foolish, because I didn't know either. I thought that it was like 50, 50. Maybe she is like, she just takes advantage of kids. She takes Mm -hmm. advantage of women in disadvantaged positions. And she really isn't that hard. She lets other people do the dirty work. And maybe that's like a, you know, courageous stand or is like, no, Pusey is going to get fucking killed. Right. And I think you and I talked about this on the preview show. We were talking about our expectations. And we said that this show, I think we said um, that it, you know, it's set in prison, but it's not gotten as dark as like Oz, where sure, somebody sure. was like raped and murdered and had right. ground up glass put in their food. Every just, episode, right? Yeah, somebody set on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the one thing I thought about watching this season was wondering, especially with the introduction of this character, is how violent and how dark would this show get? Because it's listed as a comedy, sure, it's sure. winning Emmys for comedies and uh-huh. you know for comedy, but um. So in this whole thing, I, I remember the first time watching this season feeling like there were a lot of uh, confrontations that I kept thinking they're not going to go there. It's not going to get as violent as it feels like it could get. And so with this character in particular, I was just like, I don't know. I, is Pusey right? Like, is she going to call her bluff and she won't do anything herself? Does she, you know? I think we see later that this show is capable of getting quite violent in this. Oh well, yeah, episode. I mean it, it's yeah. already in this ep- This, I mean, this. You know, you see an old woman shiv a V <sighs> lookalike, and Pusey got beat down. And it's funny because preseason, I was actually anticipating that. I was saying, you know, one of my big predictions is I think they will get some prison violence mm-hmm. in here, and it will be a little bit kind of like Oz light. So, and I don't know if that influenced me because I always felt every one of these confrontations, like V versus Red, V versus Pusey, V versus. 
uh, tasty even at the end of this episode just felt very ominous and dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I was really on a high alert for some shit to go down. Me too. There was one thing we're going to get to later that I was – there was one point I was very surprised something awful didn't happen. But mm, Okay. Um, we see that uh, Piper – oh, so, 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 so also bounds up to Piper and says, hey, can you put the list of our hunger strike demands in a newspaper? And Piper's mm-hmm. like, sure, whatever. It's not going to fly. But the next scene, she goes into Healy. Healy is so preoccupied with his new career as uh, you know, amateur therapist <laughs> – that he completely just rubber stamps. All he cares about is that he got her his prominent ad for his new safe space, his safe place, or is it safe space? Safe, safe yeah, safe place. Place, yeah. And uh, he just rubber stamps it, hands it off to copy, and Piper's like, "Oh, well, this is going to be interesting." Mm-hmm. Um, but every so in the previous episodes, I know I think me and Pilani were talking about how it seems like his deal is he apes whatever therapy he's getting from the real therapist who's played by the uh, prosecuting attorney from the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and I'm almost wondering if that's even true because I don't think he's, she's, he's getting some of this ridiculous feelings jar and feeling stick and talking stick and, you know, working feelings out through constructive play. That's stuff like he's reading child psychology almost. Right. I was just, I feels like he had, he probably watched that episode of Breaking Bad with the talking pillow. Yeah. It feels like he's like, he's picking up some stuff from, you know, he's read a couple of like hokey self-help books. Right. Uh, yeah. And then he's like incorporating all of that. And he reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever worked with a person like this, but when, you know, like you have your job and then <clears throat> you'll have some silly like party committee. Sure. Like, you know, this is the person that's in charge of putting together all of our, you know, extracurricular activities, our holiday party. And then when they start to pretend like that's their job instead of like IT or like yes. whatever they're being paid to do, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. this is what it feels like. Like he's totally forgetting what his actual job is. He really believes he is now the prison counselor. Yeah. For these women with oh. the feelings jar and all that. Although it's funny because I kind of feel like maybe that is his actual job. That he's just ter- that he's terrible at, but he's become a paper pusher. I mean, I, what is he supposed to be? I thought he was a prison. It's I thought he was a prison counselor, kind of like a guidance counselor, or um, a. Uh, I guess he's like the HR equivalent of the pr- for the prisoners. Okay, well then that would make more. I always thought he was kind of like the not the warden because that's what's his face. But the no, it's not even it's, Caputo. There's a warden, and then there's Fig, and there's Caputo, and then there's everybody else, as far as I can tell. So we haven't even met the warden. No, actually. we never have met the warden. Oh well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like the warden is like at the supermax place, and he just has you know that's like he's like the police of chief of prisons, and he kind of has figs, his figs in different prisons that are kind of his uh, uh, foot soldiers. I don't know. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I I still do believe though his heart is in the right place. I feel like his heart's in the right place. He's just operating from profoundly bad worldview. Like he right. needs a lot more therapy to unpack his problems with women, his problems with his mother. We just found that his mother went underwent electroshock therapy for hysteria. Yes, and became yeah. a suit making machine. By the way, so. Not all bad. Uh, Right side. (laughs) But uh, the other thing is in this scene that Piper slips in that she wants to have Alex Voss added to her phone list so she can get closure, which 
psychologically is not without value. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is a really cute scene of, his, of, of uh, him agreeing. And he's, she's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, tell it to the feelings jar. <laughs> yes. Um, so the next scene I think is in the cafeteria and uh, no, no, no. It's in the women's bathroom and, and Red is having a powwow with Nikki about like there's a snitch in the works and, and who's responsible for it. And she's going through all these, you know, who it could be. And then they even – she starts blaming Norma who's the, the mute. Mm-hmm. And then Black Cindy comes busting out of the bathroom saying, uh, nope, uh, it's it's none of that stuff. And um, that's kind of also you find out that the the black women are taking over the other bathrooms because theirs is being remodeled. Yes. This was one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode. I, it was super – Black Cindy's kind of awesome. What did you like about it? I loved everything about – because this is right after um, she had went and gripped up that old lady. Right? Mm-hmm. She had accused the old lady of snitching and – um, Nikki had to drag her out. So she, they're in the bathroom and she's going off. And the one thing I kept thinking was, you don't know who's in this bathroom. You're sure. just running your mouth. And so yeah. she came out and was like, yeah, it's not like you guys are really careful about where you talk about it in <laughs> hushed tones, you know, like, right. I love that. But I loved when she was, she said to her, um, what is crazy is you thinking that you can open a road and say only white folks can drive on it. Yeah. This is America. She goes, the bathrooms may be segregated, but the market is free. The market be free. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was, there's this season's been chock full of wire references and that whole, this America, that's straight from the opening scene of the wire where uh, McNulty's talking to that guy about Boogie Snot getting beat up on his porch Yes, yes. And they're like, he's like, you know, if this this guy steals this money every single time you guys gamble, why do you let him play? And he's like, got to. This America. You know, so I just thought that was a, another kind of uh, nice wire reference. Uh-huh. And then she's like, FYI, someone did snitch on you. It was boo. <laughs> right. Just as, as she's shining them on coming out the – I also like her line about – because V's like, don't you have any conscience? Don't you remember Trisha? Harkening back – Remember last season when there really wasn't that much of a racial divide and kind of everybody talked to everybody and was fairly mm-hmm. friendly? And I thought that's when she said that, I'm like, oh shit, you're right. This was more of a community. And V almost single handedly. Yep. I mean, there was always some soft, you know, um, but, but starting when, when the, the, the Latinas took over the kitchen and then V coming in, everything got really racial. Right. And she's like, yeah, I remember Trisha, but I remember the Alamo too. I still eat Mexican food. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, is that, uh, is that, is that, is that analogy track through? I guess it does. Um, <laughs> but it was funny. It was very funny. Very yeah. funny. Uh, speaking oh, of, and the, uh, oh, go sorry, ahead. real quickly, Nikki then says, well, that mystery didn't last long. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's the snitch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of funny, uh, I love this whole subplot about the guards getting the inventory or getting the riot gear because it goes back into O'Neill's fantasy about, you know, saving the prison. And, you know, they're, they're talking about their dreams and a couple episodes ago, he's like, yeah, one time I won the congressional medal of honor. And the guy's like, nice. <laughs> so they get all these cool tools and O'Neill's all about it. Um, they also then have some light occupy wall Street commentary slash criticism uh, with Soso trying to organize everyone with the hand signals, even though there's only a, a they, they're building consensus of a group of four. Mm-hmm. Um, when Caputo, who's who's found out about the hunger strike through the prison newspaper in the previous scene, 
basically solves all of their problems uh, in, 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 in a way that implies that it wasn't their movements thing that did it. Yeah, these it, things were going to happen anyway. It's just a coincidence. It, exactly. Um, and so it's, I felt like that this was about to fall apart, the movement. And then Sister Jane swings into action and says, no, we need to talk about elderly needs and all this. What did you think? Did you think that this was about to um, end? Yeah. Okay. So what, knowing what we know about Sister Jane, do you think this was motivated out of concern for Jenny or was this, she felt like this was maybe her last opportunity to get back in a saddle slipping away. So she needed to say something or is it 50, 50? What do you think? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I yeah. think when, and again, because I, I didn't remember a lot. And so when she was saying, well, you know, what about, uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. and, you know, leaving her out there and all this stuff. I was like, is that what ha- I didn't, I honestly did not remember. I was like, Oh, is that what happened? Did they just feel like, Oh, we can't, you know, she's old and she's losing it and we don't want the responsibility. Remember so she, yeah, she, she, she uh, had these increasing hallucinations about her husband and she, she thought she was jumping into a pool and she jumped off that stage and, and broke her arm or something. Okay. And then they so, just old lady cast and all put her on the bus stop and sent her off because they didn't, you know, she was too much of a pain in the ass to take care to of. To deal with, yeah. So when she, I believed her in this point in the episode, sure, and and I still do. Like I do think that she had genuine concern. I think that she it was a valid. I mean, it's definitely better than the fucking fate maple syrup that the other chick. Sure, was sure, sure. <laughs> Which some people pre- prefer. Um, yeah. It seems like. But I think by the end, with the whole you know refusing, and I want to talk about that because I don't know how you feel about how ethical that is for her to just say, "I'm awake, I don't want it, stop, and him telling him to do it anyway mm. um but yeah, I do think that I think it was part of as the episode unfolded, it felt like, yeah, I do think she's concerned, and she has a valid complaint, but I do think that knowing her personality, this was maybe she did look at this as like her last hurrah, her last chance to you know stand for something and mean something. Yeah. I do feel like that's definitely part of her it being impulsive the way it was. It's just like, oh, this <laughs> moment's passing me by and I do care about this thing, but uh, you know, and she just she just jumped in there. She didn't want to see these 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 amateur protesters buckle because she's the expert. And the other guy goes, this just got real. Like he was like, uh oh. Yeah the <laughs> he whispers to Caputo. <laughs> the battle axe nun has swung into action. Watch out. Uh which triggers another flashback to the groovy, super groovy uh, psychedelic nun bus. Uh, they just got back from their first protest and they're all agreeing. It's so exciting. But then they find out sister Constance is pissed and the nun that was kind of an instigator shaded the truth about how much approval they had. Mm-hmm. They had approval based on the fact that Jesus said, you know, <laughs> fighting's bad. And, uh, <laughs> the, to the extent that, you know, they're the bride of Christ and all, I guess they were listening to, to, to him, but, uh, sister Constance, not pleased. Mm-hmm. Thought it's funny how Jane, Sister Jane, was like, "Oh God, I felt I can't believe I fell in with the bad nuns." <laughs> I like when the guy dropped them off. He like low key shaded their religion, right? Didn't he basically say like your so called religion or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe he was because like you know the whole uh, it's gas, grass, or ass, and you know the, I felt like there was a novelty of having these kind of young, attractive nuns in his bus, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. he was trying to hit. I don't know. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about this. Uh, I, again, it felt like it started off right because I feel like these nuns' hearts were in the right place. You know, it's like, well, you know, what's more important than protesting against what we think is an immoral, unjust war? We have to do penance every day anyway. So, what, you know, why not make it actually count for something? Uh, we see that Watson is just out of shoe and she is a fucking wreck. <laughs> Um, solitary is no joke. I mean, I've done one thing this show has done is made me do a lot of reading about prison conditions and, and, uh, solitary confinement, especially the way it's used in this country is a pretty bad deal. And I feel like that's what this whole Watson, you know, her hair is different. She's got this thousand yard stare, black circles in her eyes. what do you think? Is she is she in for punching or uh, hitting Yoga Jones last season, or did she do something this season? She did. So this was part of the whole shot quota, okay. um, and there was some uh, she and 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 she got caught. She was had contraband. She had cigarettes uh, or maxi pad, not maxi pads, tampons full of cigarettes in her bunk that okay. the officers happened to find when they're tossing their stuff. So she went to the shoe for contraband, not for. For violently attacking anybody or to protect herself or others, just as a a punishment for breaking contraband, and that's part of Yoga Jones's problem too. When Caputo in the scene before, yeah, where she was like, "You guys are just arbitrarily handing these things out and sending people to the shoe, and there's no rhyme or reason for how long they stay for sure. what, you know different offenses and all that." Yeah, okay, yeah. She, what I loved about this is. She goes the hell off because I think Black Cindy was just joking about how their name they have like a part of the shoe like named for Watson because she's there so much or she's been there so long. Yeah, yeah. And Watson goes off and the look that crazy like when Crazy Eyes is looking at you like, bitch, calm down. Yeah. You know you probably just <laughs> went the hell off. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. They she's and she, it's effective. Like she she, I really enjoyed her in the scene. Like when she was like, you have no idea what you're talking about or what it's like. So just shut the fuck up. Like the shaking in her voice. Uh-huh. I really love this. And then you see the, the manipulation of um, the continued manipulation of crazy eyes, I believe in the scene. By, oh, sure. by V. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the fact that, you know, there's something interesting in as, as too in the way that V uh, you know, Watson, was in Shu because of V's scheme. V did nothing to help her or get her out of there, as far as we know, make that stay any less, and didn't use any of her prison influence to make that stay less pleasant. And then when she comes back, it's like, you know, you're back in a family now, baby. And mm-hmm. it's it's like watching any other type of abusive relationship, really. Right, because she's she's she manages to, like you said, talk to her in a soothing way and make it about, you know, they did that to you. Mm-hmm. Not that she's responsible for helping, you know, put her in that position, but, sure, sure. you know, and that makes her, you know, cling to her more, cling Ex- to me more. That's the kicker too. Mm-hmm. And then this is also where I think Pensatucky, who Suzanne later calls Pensabama. Pensabama. <laughs> yep. Yep. She tries to get them to do the safe place thing and they're, they're not having it until Suzanne is like, you know, I can do it and be a spy. Uh-huh. And you could see, like, there's this brief moment where you could see V, how she truly feels about Suzanne, you know? Uh-huh. Like, she just kind of had, like, you, I don't know, if you ever had, like, a person who tries really too hard to please you or to be a part of a group, that person, 
and there are some people who don't treat that person well. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's no, no, almost right. like, yeah. And I felt like there was a brief moment on V's face where you could see it, where she kind of was like, oh, whatever. But then she was like, no, that's really, I like, you know, what did she say? Like, you use your brain. Mm-hmm. That's some good thinking or something mm-hmm. like that. No, it's very patronizing, but it's telling that that's the best relationship Suzanne's ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that's that she, she kind of clings to it. It is funny how the safe place, um, since since Healy does such a poor job at communicating its intent. I think Piper said that in a previous. It's like you know, I don't I don't know that they really understand what the safe place is. Mm-hmm. And the the women have seen that it's, it's a snitching school, and he's got a snitching jar where you put in you tell you you honestly put in report on people, and he takes shots off your record. Um, so you can see that it's probably not the most successful thing in the world. Yeah. It's not headed towards success. He needs better PR for this. Yeah. Uh, we get outside the prison for once and it's Pete, which is uh, Polly's husband is venting about his Alaska trip. Um, and Pete and, or I'm sorry, Polly and Larry sit him down and say, Polly's breaking up with you. I hate everything about these two. I yeah we're gonna let's save the most of the hate for the final scene um, okay. where it gets really gross. But there's a couple of funny things. He's you know, when he's when he thought it was an intervention about his drinking. He's like, no no no, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just Australian. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure that's Jesse from the Personal Arrogance podcast excuse as well <laughs> justification as well. <laughs> then he thinks that they're approaching about being in some open relationship or threesome. I kind of felt bad for Pete that he was so f- clueless. Yes. Because even after that, when she said, this isn't about the three of us, like the way she phrased it, I felt like anybody else would have, they wouldn't have had to say anything. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they would have gotten it at that point. Sure. No, he was like, well, then what's this about? And I'm like, oh my God, he's so dim. I felt so bad for him. No, it's like, watch. It's like, you know imaginary situation where parents take the six-year-old kid out for ice cream and showbiz and at the end oh buddy your mom and i are not going to be living together anymore and is that just right yeah that, i'm really bringing the podcast down i no, fully realized that ice cream for the child for life yeah but that that's pete pete's the six-year-old that has no fucking clue he hasn't grown yeah. up and and but he does throw the worst fake punch I've seen outside of a WWE match. I, I his fa- fist was like a foot away from connecting with Larry's face or anything. I was like, "Wow, I, I okay. can't even I believe didn't it." Study it that hard, I didn't. But I will tell you that I love the fact that he fake hit him. Whatever. I'm just, I, I was. I don't know how you felt about it, but when he said, "I went away to better myself for our son," and Larry stood up and said. No, you didn't. You went away because I was fully in support of that punch. Totally. Like, that's even if that's true, which right. it very well may be. Fuck you for speaking for someone else's internal thoughts and feelings on a matter. Right. You don't get to do that after you just fuck this man's wife. Like you don't get to no. just shut the fuck just up and shut up, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, I hate him so just much. Just be okay. the moon for one more scene. You won't get punched in the face, and everything will work out. Right. Oh my God. Um. Let's see what else. Oh, so Daya is talking to her mom, who I can never, ever, ever remember her name. It's the not Gloria one, um, and she's she's talking about how this is a terrible thing, and she sent this man to prison. And her mom's like, "Oh, 
you're going this is you're you're missing the point girl you're going to get paid you're going to sue the state you're going to get support from mendez you're going to get extortion money from the daddy this rape is the best thing that ever happened to you girl worst motherly advice ever and speaking of people that are completely out of touch emotionally and otherwise she tells daya because she's like you know this now the kid's not gonna have a father it's gonna be one more barrio baby she's like well you know you had an unconventional raising and look at you you turned out okay Ugh. the daughter who's pregnant by a jail guard in prison mm-hmm. has turned out i mean yes daya seems like she's a wonderfully hearted person right however her life Poor is, life choices. <laughs> her, her life is is kind of shitty right yes. now, and it's it's just terrible. So let me ask you: Do you? Uh, this is where I don't know how they expect this to play out. And again, I know we're not talking about the final two episodes that are still to come. Mm-hmm. I know some casting stuff for season three. I'm not going to say oh, that. Sh- save that for the wrap up cast because I've I've, right. I've, I've okay. heard a little bit, but not a lot. Okay. I'm just not sure if this in this scene when she's saying, yeah, listen, um, you're going to get this. And you're going to get paid. And you're going to get child support. I'm pretty sure they would do a paternity test. Don't you huh. think like if you're suing the state alleging that a guard raped you and you are now carrying this person's child and they're going to figure all of that into any kind of compensation that you get that, you know, you, you have a child to raise because of it when you get out, whatever. Don't you think that they would say, okay, well, we need to do a paternity test? Okay, so here's my thoughts, because I thought about this as well. First of all, this is a political hand grenade that Fig is managing to kind of save her husband's political career. So Mm -hmm. the fact that – why would the state care who the father is? She's in jail. She had sex with somebody. That somebody was one of the guards. She's suing them for being raped. I don't know that she's suing them for support. Mm-hmm. Mendez is all about having that baby with her. And I don't think he would ever question or think to dodge responsibility based on, you know, his, I love you, baby. I'm going to come back for you both. I'm going to take care of my child. That's my baby. And no, I don't care who knows. I don't think he would question it. And Bennett seems to be too much of a, uh, I don't know what you call a guy who won't own up to, his own actions to this level to where another man goes in prison to where I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking who would, who would order the paternity test? If it is, if it's a state, I'm thinking, cause you imagine what that looks politically like a prisoner gets raped. She's pregnant. The state's wanting to put her through an invade, you know, potentially invasive. It's, yeah. and it's, it's a violation of privacy that would not play very well in the press. Like, Oh really? This woman got raped. And now you want to say, Oh, well, we don't believe it was a prison guard. You know, even though the guy is admitting to the fact that you had, I mean, that's the thing. It's, yeah, yeah. Because they, I think he admitted that. I was shocked that they brought Porn Stash back, you know, because I, it didn't, I, I never thought that he denied having sex with her. Maybe, maybe that is a plot point in season one that I don't remember, but I don't know. So what do you think? Is, is, is that yeah. all good or are you still calling bullshit? No, I, I think, I think he did admit to, and, and I mean, didn't they get busted too? Like, well, he got put on suspension. He was suspension. Uh, he was put on suspension, and then his suspension was over, and it brought him back to prison, which was fairly controversial. That's the yeah. other thing that would look bad if this got out into the press is the fact that this guy was already on suspension for suspicion that he fucked a prisoner. They right. let him back into the, and now they're going to put this girl through 
DNA testing and all this other shit. No, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I didn't think you're right. Okay, you've convinced me. Okay, I I think that they would want to, but I, I but you've presented compelling evidence where they probably wouldn't have the balls to ask for it. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll it'll be interesting to see how all of this stuff shakes out because Mendez is you know he's in prison. And we got this situation's kind of stem, stewing. It's going to be very interesting throughout this rest of the season and next year to see how this all does play out because there, there's mm-hmm. got to be an end game. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Alex gets a call at home. She's living in Queens, and Piper's all, I got one minute because I don't have enough phone credit to explain to me why I shouldn't hate you. Did I don't feel like she got an adequate answer. She's okay. like, I'm so glad you said that because I- – when I and I feel like the probably the first episode I was on, I feel like I got a little spoilery because I totally forgot that the whole Alex got out uh-huh. wasn't revealed in that that the, the reason that she got out wasn't revealed in the first episode. Uh-huh. We just saw her being let out and Piper losing her shit. Right. So in this phone conversation, what I thought she said was I. I thought she gave a reasonable explanation where, oh, no, 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 I didn't purposely fuck you over. Like, this is what happened, and I tried to tell – no, I think she really still said, well, I'm sorry. My lawyer told me that I would get more time than you, and so really it just kind of made sense for me to testify because fuck doing all that time. But I got fucked over too because there was a mistrial, so now I'm in trouble. But now that I'm doesn't change t- the fact that you still – you know, yes. the exact opposite of what you told Piper to do. The outcome of your betrayal does not change the fact that there was a betrayal, a blatant yes. betrayal. I mean, she lit like like Piper said, you coached me to say the thing and for all the reasons. And she's like, well, yeah, but then my attorney talked to me and said that was a bunch of bullshit and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Come the fuck on. And what is what – is, how good does Alex eat pussy? They deserve I, each other. Right? I just – because she – and Piper just instantly went into, oh, my God, I'm so worried for you, Alex, mm-hmm. mode. Yeah. So that's going to be another interesting plot to go that, that goes forward. And they throw a little curveball at us at the end of the episode. But I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, this is the scene, though, where she tells the she tells the guard because she, like, slams down the phone when her credit runs out. And she's mouthy He's, with them, yeah. Did she say it's government? He says it's government property. She goes, you're government property. <laughs> yeah. And then he starts to write her shot and she gets out of it by claiming Mincy's madness. Which is real. I, it's- <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, what are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Al- so Alex hangs up the phone. She gets a visit. What you think? It's like this guy bang on his door and open up. And you th- I'm like, oh, God, is this a parole officer? Oh, God, is this the Cooper guy? The drug dealer? Mm-hmm. Turns out it's just... I don't know the landlord and right. or the guy who's responsible for the recycling and trash bitching about not separating re- recyclables and breaking down boxes. So you okay. think, you know, it's one of those jump scare moments where you get I, the go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, this is the scene. I thought she was going to get a bullet in the head. It could. It and And at this point in the season, I wouldn't have been surprised. It would have been because- shocking, but not surprising. Right, because when he when it turned out to be he was just bitching about the recycling, and then she goes to close the door, and he says, "Alex Voss." Like I was like, "Wait, oh yeah, how did he- yeah, 
the way he knew her name, I thought, oh my God, he's about to pull out a gun with a silencer and put one between her eyes. And But it didn't happen. And that's when he said the Arab guys were looking, some Arab looking guys were looking for you. But that's the moment. The fact that he knew her name, I thought was really weird because the way he was banging on the door and he started talking to her, it felt like he didn't know who she was. Just that this is the chick that's not separating her trash. Yeah, no, I felt uh, de- definitely. So I feel like this was an effective kind of like almost a horror movie thing where it's like, you know, the girls in the dark apartment and you <laughs> hear the door banging and, oh, it's just the wind and, you know, you relax and then another sound and, oh, it's just the cat. And then finally, you know, Freddy kills her with his claws or whatever. And it's right. like, you know, that whole like setup, nothing, setup, nothing, jump scare. And I th- I thought the same thing that they were like, okay. As I'm watching, my like, oh, it's just a guy. It's like, oh, but now he might have done that just to gain her confidence. She opens the door, and now he's going to confirm her identity and blow her head off. Yes. And I, but it, they, it didn't ever go anywhere. It's just like these other guys are looking for you. So that was the the dread and the fear. But they didn't. Yeah, I would I would not have been shocked if she'd gotten her head blown yeah. clean yeah. off. So pretty good scene though. I was tense. Yeah, it was for a character that I loathe and feel nothing. Uh, they actually got me kind of, uh, you know, clutching at my pearls. <laughs> Um, let's see what else we got. Oh yeah. Larry and Polly. Here's this, here's where, here's where we can, we can vent about them doing this, which is a relationship and how spectacularly this relationship is going to fail. Go. (laughs) They're the worst. They are the fucking worst. I, I just have, uh, listen, I don't, you, there's just certain things you don't do. You just don't do. You do not fuck your best friend's boyfriend just broken up while she's in jail. You don't cheat on your husband with this guy. That, with a you know, newborn baby. Yeah, it's just, oh, and you know what really bugged me about this scene? And I'm sorry. I know it's going to sound nitpicky. Who the fuck leaves their baby in the car seat on the fucking dining room table and just <laughs> clean walks out the fucking room and goes to another room? And the baby's just sitting on a fucking table. No, I always try when I'm dealing with an infant to put them as high up <laughs> as possible so the fall damage to their fragile bird-like skull could be maximized i mean where else do you get the drama in your life if you don't continually endanger and threaten the people that you putatively care about oh they are awful they are just i'm not i don't care about this relationship it's not interesting to me i don't i i just i want this to stop and it's like their flirting is gross i mean her way of flirting with him is you know making fun of his manhood and he tries to it's just I don't believe for a minute there's any sexual chemistry or heat there. How oh, can there be if she's continually belittling what a uh, a soft dude he is? Yeah, and then the that kiss at the end, there was nothing there. It was just, why are they doing this to us? Why do they think we want to see this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> I, that's not a type of relationship. I'm, I'm sure there are – you know, dudes out there that want that, that, uh, just like there's women out there that want to be bossed around by guys. There's probably dudes out there that want to be bossed around by women and women that are happy to boss around. Me, I like to be a, a, um, a kind of, uh, an equal type of relationship where nobody's really the boss of anybody. We're all grown ass fucking adults and we exactly. help and support each other, but we don't, you know, make demands and put, I, I that this type of one up, one down relationship is a deeply offensive to me. And the actors that they have portraying them are doing it such a good job that I just want to punch and or throw up on both of them. Agreed. Okay. Have we vented <laughs> enough? Can we yes. – shall we move on? Yes. 
the hilarious scene where Healy is trying to coach these women who think they're at a snitch school into sharing their feelings and how how can he be this out of touch about how prison works? Like Pousset got punched in the face. Maybe the person who punched her is right there in the thing or people that know that yeah, was she supposed to say, oh, yeah, uh, uh, this crazy chick. The crazy eyes, the one we call crazy eyes. She assaulted me at the behest, uh, behest of the the big scary black woman. Yes, is that what me. he wants to go down? What the fuck? He's he I he is he's wrapped up in this this whole circle jerk self safe place thing that they got going on here, and he's completely oblivious to the actual uh, situation that they're in. When he said to her. You look like you got hurt. What happened to you? Uh-huh. What the fuck do you think happened to her? And would you think she's – and I love because when he asked her that, the way Suzanne shifted crazy – shifted in her seat. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened to Tell you? Tell us more. Tell- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved it so much. And this is – when I first watched it this morning, I totally forgot. And you had to tell me that Suzanne is the one that did it to her. Mm-hmm. So I had no – I had no recollection of that. I just thought it was funny the way she was looking at her because we knew that they thought this is a snitching place. <laughs> and the fact he says what happens in safe place stays in safe place. Yeah. That shit wouldn't like, okay. Um, if you've been in, I don't know if anyone has, but if you're in like some kind of group support system, it's not usually something that is part of a larger. So like you don't have group therapy at work because everybody right. knows each other. And the temptation to talk is overwhelming. Right. You this and especially in a situation where it's a coercive environment that you can't get away from and there's dangerous people involved, this is a spectacularly, you know, bad idea. Like, you know, I, I think group therapy in prison is probably a good idea, but this kind of stuff where you're just encouraging people to like, hey, you got a black eye, how did that happen? It right, seems right. dangerous. Yeah. And this is kind of shades is all ties into the sister Jean uh Jane and how much is it about her? How much this group is as much about Healy propping up his image of being a good man as it is mo- much more so than it is about helping any of these women. Right. Right. Also, I, I think, I think he does, he doesn't see that. No, like, you know what I mean? But it's super is. oblivious also. Uh, and I hope this isn't offensive, but it's super funny to me. I thought it was very funny that the lesbian did not want any part of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't want to doesn't want to talk and stick talking or otherwise. Um, <laughs> anyway, and her her statement, uh, Pusey's statement that feeling our feelings might make it impossible for us to survive in this place. Yeah, so, I mean, wow. Yeah, she uh, she's she, and she does such she does such great the, that's such a great character, such a great performance. Yeah, I like when she says she was bored and then she had to pick something on the chart. And he's like, well, why are you mad? I'm not mad, but I'm mad because you told me I couldn't pick bored. <laughs> right, right. Especially since it's fucking Pentatucky to know it all. And she thinks she's the facilitator and Healy's like, no, you're not. And then she's like puts up her hoodie and petulant the rest of the time. Yeah, and then she kind of side-eyes Suzanne when she walks in. You're late. Yeah. She wants to be in charge so bad. <laughs> she's the fact totem. Yeah. Um, anyway, we move on to another meeting of the Occupy – uh, federal prison movement and the women are pissed because sister Jane's throwing her weight around mm-hmm. and they, she doesn't want to hear about their sh- dessert options and maple syrup. And then O'Neill and the other guards come in with pizzas. Oh, accidentally ordered too many. 
Waving. Dirty warfare. There, it's 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 dirty. But I thought it's interesting. That Sister Jane's like, you know, we don't need these people. They're they're diluting our message, mm-hmm. which was both true and kind of Machiavellian or sinister at the same time. Egg, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we go right into Sister Jane power tripping, where she's bragging about how many arrests she's got. This is a flashback of her breaking into the nuclear facility, mm-hmm. um, how it's more than anybody else. And even the people with her is like, I'm not sure if that's the point. And <laughs> then she takes the lead at this photo op and she's, you know, it's almost like she's uh, 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 Pollock there splattering stuff and doing this art and doing mm-hmm. striking all these tough old nun poses. Uh, anything you want to talk about in that scene? No. She's power tripping. Uh, we go to another scene of O'Neill leading some riot training. Uh, and I forget what his girlfriend's name is. The one that's got the the, the real gravelly voice. Yes. Uh, but she's, she's she's been held fake hostage and they have to defuse the situation. And they just bum rush. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and the one guy who's playing the, the, the villain, he's like, oh, no, you didn't get you didn't stop me. There's I shot her blood and brains are everywhere. <laughs> what I th- thought about this, because especially in light of like what's going on in the news now with, you know, militarizing. Is that the right Shit, word? Yeah, the police? No, yeah, definitely. So I love when they were first talking about the stuff that they were going to get. Or maybe it's when it first arrived and they were just like handling <clears throat> the tear gas like. But it was like, be careful with that. Right. And then when he told them to go put it away, and he, I can't remember, I don't think he said armory, like maybe he said weapon supply, and they didn't even know what he was talking yeah, about yeah. or something. I thought that that was really good commentary on, you know, how these things work and how they have now access to this riot gear and tear gas and all that stuff, and they're not being properly trained how to use any of it. Certainly. And, you know, you got the one guy who's like living out his Call of Duty fantasies. Sure. And I, so I just thought that was a really interesting, in light of, you know, what's going on in the real world, uh, look at it. Like, you know, they have all this stuff. They're not properly trained to use it. And it's just a mess. No, it's 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 horrifying. And it's it's almost I'd say it's prescient, except for this stuff happens all the time. I <laughs> Even before the Ferguson's and stuff, I was up in arms. Two weeks before that, I saw an article where uh, cops were serving a no no warrant, no knock uh, search warrants, and mm-hmm. they they I guess proper procedures when you roll a flashbang into a residential house, when you roll a fucking grenade into someone's home, you're supposed to roll it on the floor. This mm-hmm. guy played too much Counter Strike, pulled the pin, tossed it in the air, landed in a baby's crib. Uh, <sighs> this like six week old baby is in critical condition, and like again, I think it was over a couple ounces of weed. Yeah. Like SWAT is a good idea when you got a bank taken over and people got hostages or you've got some shit going down like that. You need the guys in black and a sniper and the special weapons mm-hmm. and tactics serving warrants. I, I, I sometimes I just feel like we've lost our goddamn minds and I don't yep. know when when we're going to come to it. Why we're talking about we're, got, we're getting racial and social justice up in here. <laughs> Yoga Jones and Watson uh, as, Watson. A, as, as a black lady. Uh, can you comment on that tension between the token black friend and someone trying to, I think, genuinely reach out and connect as a human being, but that kind of, um, I don't know, divide that you've got there? Yeah, I feel this is tough because <clears throat> this is conversation. I mean, just today. I'm asking I, you to speak for all black women and in, as extension, all all black people everywhere. 
Right. You're I their sole the representative, meetings. and I know you all think alike. So I go, I go to the <laughs> meetings. I think I take good notes, so I should be able to do this. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, this, this type of thing, it is touchy. I mean, just today, I basically told a friend of mine who I really like, you know, fuck you, on Facebook because of a, a debate about Ferguson and cops and stuff. And I was raised by police officers, so, you know. I have one I, of my I, best I, friends, like my three best friends in the whole world, uh, IMPD officers. So I've gone on yeah. ride-alongs with them. I'm not anti police right. officer slash cop. Right. There has to be like some middle ground here. So when she, this conversation, I, I understood Watson has anger and, and it's not unjustifiable like her anger, but I felt this is not this situation. I don't, when she was like, you know, if you have some sort of guilt that you need to work through, I'm not interested in being your token black friend. This was the wrong person, I think, to give this attitude to because I don't believe that I haven't seen anything to my recollection that Yoga Jones is that character and that she is like I felt like she genuinely cared. Right. And um, but this she's Watson is just not at that place. And I don't know if she's going to get to that in, you know, the next two episodes or if this is something for next season. But she has issues. And I felt I, I, I understood where she was coming from, but I felt bad. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like when you're dealing with hurt people that are in shitty situations, sometimes they, you know, it's, it'd be great if we were all enlightened human beings that Mm -hmm. could transcend that and be like, Oh, well, thank you for showing your concern. I so appreciate that you went a week without eating when I was in, you know, rotting away in hell, but that's not the reality. Um, I think that's, that's an instructive moment for anyone of privilege dealing with a person that's not in a privileged situation is sometimes you have to take a little bit of that anger and hurt onto yourself and not hold it against the person. Right. And exactly. Like you're um, dealing with a woman who's been sexually harassed. You can't, you know, they, or, or any, any kind of situation. Um, they might have a lot of anger and resentment that gets misdirected and you kind of got to be, I mean, that's the, the whole I, I'm hoping that Yoga Jones can take that hurt and 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 also keep her arms open if if things kind of thaw between her and Watson, and not hold that against her. Right. I think I think she can. I think it. What what you're saying is you sometimes you have to have compassion. You can't take certain things personally, and you kind of you have to give her that moment. Like you have to allow her to be angry and understand where she's coming from. Um, and yeah, I just don't think the character of Watson is she's still she's not at that place yet where they're right. going to have that type of dialogue she's yeah. just not yeah yeah no i mean when you're dealing with people that have uh, been hurt or victimized some you can't you got to be careful not to to make it about you know you you want to be empathetic but you don't, also don't want to make it about yourself right making you feel better exactly. yeah yeah so um i thought that was just really interesting and again i'm impressed this show raising some of these issues and and talking about this in a com- in, in in what's supposed to be a comedy and I thought this, I don't know if I never noticed it before, but I thought the actress playing Watson, I thought she was gorgeous in this scene. Yes. It's like she has like not a lick of makeup on. Uh-huh. And in fact, she's, she's, made, she's made to look kind of like she's been down 10 miles of bad road. Right. And like the camera is dead in her face. And mm. I was just like, that's a pretty woman. She still looks good. Yeah. Good, 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 good genetics there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same scene in the yard. Boo gets jumped. By Red and her family. And uh, I thought it's like, wow, is this going to be – I'm going to see Norma and Nikki like take down Boo. This is going to be interesting. But it turns out it's just V landing a massive guilt trip on her and saying, you're out of family. And uh, 
you know, hope hope uh, everything works out well with your new partner. And and this is the what did she say? Boo got boo. Boo got boo. That's all boo needs. When you go to <laughs> third person, branches. yeah. When you, you get a third, when you go to third person, that's 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 uh, always impressive. Yeah, I felt like it was like shades of Steve Martin in The Jerk. You know, when he's coming. Oh, my God. When he's going out of his house and he's like, I don't need anything except for. And he keeps on like just grabbing possessions as he goes. And she's (laughs) like, I don't need you guys except for these Jolly Ranchers. Just me and these Jolly Ranchers is all I need. Uh, I like also um, a kid of the 80s. I love the shout out to the half price garbage pail kids. That's pretty tasty (laughs) In, in reference to V's gang. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Moving on, Nikki and Piper are talking over foosball or pool or something about this thing with latest thing with Alex. And Nikki's kind of like all of us. Why do you care? Why are you caring about this woman's safety? She fucked you again, and not in the kind of the way that you like. Um, and also talked about them being nervous about the lake flooding and they all get electrocuted if that happens. Anything you want to say about this? No, other than Nikki is once again talking sense to Piper about Alex, and Piper is just a mess. Yeah, I do like those. She makes reference to these odd strip club rules, like, you know, so you can have full nudity, but no alcohol, or you can have alcohol at the bar, but they have to wear pasties and G-strings. She's like, what? (laughs) Nudity and booze at the same time is just too much fun for some people? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fig comes in. And storms in while the uh, Occupy federal prison movement is making posters and she confiscates all the material. Sister Jane says, we got freedom of speech. And Fig's like, no, you don't. And Caputo says, you're overstepping. And Fig says, go fuck yourself, basically. Um, Obviously, Caputo's right. Uh, I feel very uncomfortable anytime I praise Caputo, but yes, yes, he, she figs off. She is the, uh, definite worst. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. This triggers another flashback of of sister Jane, where she's getting excommunicated from the Catholic church. You want to talk about anything there? That's because of her book, right? Well, it's, it's everything she got. And and we'll get to this, you know, she, she invaded this nuclear facility. She's facing some real charges. The church is like, do we really want to defend this person? Do we believe in her mission? And then she's written this book where she kind of makes fun of God. And yeah. she talks about how this is, um, you know, she flaunts like the fact that, you know, she's got this saucy details about this Carlos with rock hard abs and re- the South American revolutionary army. And yes, the, and she's got the book called none shall pass. <laughs> and the fact that she timed this, that was the kicker that she timed this, to uh, be uh, the same weekend as the release of this book. And he's like, you know, this is bullshit. Why would we support you? We're cutting you off. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a scene of the Golden Girls talking about Reds. You know, she's shutting down the, um, you know, basically if, if uh, she can't have it by herself, she's not going to share it with V, she's going to shut the greenhouse down. And they're not, they're not cool with that. The, there was one part I laughed out loud, and now I don't remember what she said, but the one who offered to kill her said something about black people, and the old black lady was like, well, fuck you. Yeah, she goes, is this about the black woman? What? Fuck you. She's like, no, not you. You're cool. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> you're one of the good ones. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, 
So she's like, hey, when the pirates are boarding, you fight the damn pirates. How about I kill the bitch? Which I thought those ladies look so stone cold, like the way they cocked their eyebrows. And like, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Anything else? No, just that when she said that, I believed it. Like, I was like, I don't know anything about this old lady. She looks like she means business. Well, we've slowly been finding out that the Golden Girls are actually uh, violent criminals that have been kind of eased into the system because they're old people. Like the so, the, the, the one of the neck tattoo, Axe murdered her. Uh, no, no, the, the old scary lady that's talking about the pirates. She Axe murdered somebody. The other one of the neck tattoo um, cut her husband's dick off. Jeez. There's like they're in prison for some 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 serious shit. So maybe people have been eased into this minimum security because of their age. Yeah, basically. And (laughs) and for good behavior because they haven't killed anybody in prison. But they're still dangerous people. And I thought that was very cool. (laughs) They haven't killed anybody in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) They've forgotten how, apparently. Um, Suzanne comes back to V, gives a report about the human knot and these different games, and uh, it's all mad gay, as uh, Black Cindy says. Mm-hmm. Tasty's trying to stand up to V and saying, hey, you know, uh, Pusey's okay, I told you, because Suzanne says, hey, I don't think she's going to snitch. And V gets pissed and says, she's your responsibility. Anything that happens to her, it's going to come back on you. Mm-hmm. Again, felt very ominous. Yes. Because yes. I didn't think it was over between V and Pusey. Right. And this is the, again, where at this point in the season, and I guess I don't remember like what's been revealed about her and what hasn't. Like she has these flashes of like in the first confrontation with Pusey, you might think mm, maybe Pusey is a point. Maybe she's not that, you know, but in this scene, she's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like this woman, I, I'm trying to blank on her name. Is her last name like Toussaint, Toussaint, uh, the woman who plays V? I don't know. I'll look it up while you're talking though. But um, but yeah, she's terrifying, and and you get it, it if if you've ever had someone do that to you, if you've ever had someone just like verbally kind of shut you down, that I just Tacy did such a good job when she yelled and she just kind of went into herself. Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? No, like no, she, yeah. she wouldn't look her in the face, and it was just like this is it all. You're right. It, a lot of things that happened in this episode just really give you bad feelings about stuff that sure. could happen in the next two. Uh, yeah. These played by Lorraine Toussaint, I think. Lorraine Toussaint, yeah. No, and, and or just if you get threatened by someone. I mean, have you ever had like I've I don't think I've been threatened. Well, I mean, I've had a couple friends threaten to kick my ass, and that's always a good time when you're drunk. But right, like a, a complete stranger. Like, just walk yeah. up, and even if you don't take him serious, it's just such an affront. Like, who the fuck, you know? And it's right. it's it's unsettling, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, on that cheery note, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say that the, the, the rest of the Occupy Prison movement go to Sister Jane and say, look, this is dangerous. We want to stop doing this because you're going to get yourself hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, she instructed Soso to contact the media, but nobody's taking the bait because the winter storm's coming, and that's the bigger story. Uh, but she seems to be – she's resolute. Um, I'm trying to think anything. She gets taken – but she gets taken to the prison – what do you call that? The sick bay? Right, because she fainted. The medical ward because she fainted. And they're, mm-hmm. they're debating – they can put a feeding tube in her if she's unconscious. Right. But if she's conscious they can, and she's con- not consenting, they can't do it. And she's always quick to say, I'm awake, I'm awake, you can't do this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like the line that Yoga Jones is saying because the the prison guards are trying to say, yeah, you know, whatever happened to humility? And she says, uh, humility is a high virtue. People in power are always saying so. <laughs> that's that's pretty right on. Yeah. Uh, more bad news. Piper finds out from Healy that she's being transferred to Virginia with 12 other girls. She says, is this because of the newsletter and all this other stuff? And he goes, nope, it's random. She, you know, this impacts her whatever relationship with Alex. Um, this is what I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, there's, so, two, there's one other thing I don't understand. So let's, let's, let's see if we can help each other. Okay. So she's, she's like, but Alex is going to come visit and I don't think that she can get here before I go. And, why don't you just put some, and she goes, she, she has something she needs to tell me. She says she needs to do it in person. She needs to explain in person. Why can't you just put some more fucking credits on your phone card and just call her and be like, listen, this in person shit is not going to work because I'm right. going to transfer. Please yeah, you, tell me what this important thing is. You're on parole, can't leave the state, and I'm going to Virginia, so make it happen. I, right. I, I get that. I'm wondering when he said, look, Chapman, you're going down south, not having closure with Alex is the least of your problems. Yes. What does that mean? Is that is she getting promoted to a more mac a more secure prison as well, or is Southern prisoner prisons really shitty compared to upstate New York ones? I it seemed like there was something ominous about that that I did not pick up. I thought I you know what I didn't take it that way, but now that you're saying that, I can see that. I think I thought at the time the problem is anybody that she knows and cares about that would come to visit her, they're not in Virginia. It's just, you're more, do you know what I mean? Like even here, if it's just like a two hour bus ride, wherever to come from the city to wherever this prison is, that's better than having to go all the way to Virginia. So it would just affect, you know, her contact with Larry or her parents or anybody else I would want to visit. That's what I took it. I don't remember if he said that this place is worse, but that could be what he was implying. I just didn't get that at the time. You, you, you actually think you're probably right. He's just talking about the logistical things that yeah. she's going to go through. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Boo comes up to sidle up the V says, Hey, I'm all yours now. Cause I'm out of reds family and V don't like snitches. Mm-mm. Does you think she's still going to get her 10% or is V just going to fuck her on that? I think that she's probably going to fuck her on that. And then what, what can Boo do? Nothing. I mean, Boo, Boo got boo, but that's about all Boo got. <laughs> but on the other hand, there is there is value to criminals keeping their word to a certain extent because that's the only credit they really have. Like if it gets her out that she fucked her on this deal, how many other people are going to be? And I think it really it that's true. And I think then it would just depend on how V feels about her current position. Mm. Like if this is somebody she can afford to fuck over. And she doesn't really think that, you know, in the long run, booze anybody who's ever going to amass any kind of influence or power. So I could take a risk. I'm pissing this one off. Do you know what I mean? Where maybe yeah, yeah. she wouldn't go piss off, let's say, Gloria in the kitchen. Plus, Boo doesn't seem to be that popular within the prison community other than right. with the ladies. Or I guess that's all of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bouncy boobs of the world. Uh Let's see this. Oh, so, so the scariest of the old women, the uh, axe murderer, is stalking what we think is V, while simultaneously Sister J is trying to have this come to Jesus moment with the actual Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just shivs the shit out of this woman from behind, and then we realize, oh God, it's not V because V's actually looking on. Well, to be fair, we all do look alike from the back. <laughs> 
to be fair, to if it's real talk, yeah, real I mean, talk, you know, you need to wear name badges on your on your mm-hmm. back or something, something with the hair and the big booty. <laughs> I could see where that mistake. <laughs> Uh, but I felt bad for the woman, clearly, because she was just like, what did I do? Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, she was – it's kind of like – my first question would be like, who the fuck – what? But she's like, what did I do? Not like, why is this happening to me? You're in prison. You're getting shivved. I guess that's – you right. know, the, the hows and whys are not as important as the what did I do. How can I not and, have this happen again? And clearly her saying that was the for the audience benefit so that we could see why – uh, v would connect mm. that this wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, this yeah, woman yeah. didn't do anything to the scary white lady. Like right, V right. is like, okay, you know, clearly that's why. But it did have the added benefit of making me feel so bad for this woman. It sure did. Oh yeah, because yeah. she's just caught in the crush. She's not even in her V's gang, man. She's just <laughs> had the wrong skin color and the 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 the, the big hair and the big booty, and that's and the enough. Big booty, and that's that's, that's why racial profiling is wrong. Because <laughs> yes. sometimes you might shiv the wrong bitch. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Um. So she's having this continuing have this Jesus hallucination. She's passed out, and she's in the sick ward, and they're starting to you know uh, Caputo gives a nod. She says, "Don't feed me. This isn't right. It's not fair." They're going to stick the tube in her anyway. That felt really sad, too. Yeah, I, I was going to ask how you feel about this. It It's, I, oh, you just, I mean, I don't want her to be doing this. I don't want anything to happen to her. But at the same, I mean, you can't do that, right? Like, you can't do that. You can't. They have rights, and you can't just do this to her. If she's awake and telling you, I don't want this. I mean, this you was like this. this is like them forcing Soso to shower times 11 because the one thing you do have some control over in in any circumstances are, you know, your body and its 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 outer boundaries and what you put into it. And right. I think that that is something, you know, I have very complex nuanced views on euthanasia and all this, but I feel like a bright white line is you know, when someone's doing something for a political cause, I mean, this is this is the sacred, most sacred and holiest form of free speech and dissent, you know, mm-hmm. that you're actually putting your body on the line because you believe in something and you're trying to cause a change for justice. And whether you're right or wrong, you're getting attention and you're getting it debated in the real world. And that is a very powerful political thing. I mean, if we're protecting companies uh, and, and corporations – uh, God-given right to donate millions of dollars to political candidates, then by God, some sick old nun should be able to starve herself if she wants to. Right, right. I mean, again, what the fuck is wrong with uh, uh, with with, with uh, the, the way we view the world if that's not correct? Do you think um, he ignored her pleas because he genuinely – just he doesn't want this old woman to starve herself and he knows that you know this is probably not going to make a difference because he knows you know he's in the system and he gets it he knows what kind of person fig is or do you just think this is all political like he's just i don't need this old woman dying on my watch i don't need this this is starting to be a theme with this episode because i think it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b uh i do think that he was kind of sad and resigned and like, look, no one's coming to the rescue. No one cares. If you if it wasn't the storm of the century coming, you might have a shot. But that's still, you know, that's going to take a week to resolve. And you might be dead by then. I definitely think that's something. And he he does fear, fear – it does seem like in his way he cares about these women and takes his responsibility somewhat seriously. 
Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, yeah, he's also a political animal, and having his nun die on his watch would certainly hit the news. Right. And by then, it would be too late to help her cause, or you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe to help bring down Fig. I don't know. But I feel like it was a little bit of both. What did you think? Okay. No, I agree. And it just – and just in that moment when he just kind of looks at them and nods to do it anyway and walks off. Yeah, kind of what? He's a very, very pilot washing his hands of the situation. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't sure. But I, I agree. I think it's a little bit of both. And that's – like you said, it is a theme in this episode, and that's a good thing, you know? Right. It's good writing. Okay. We got a couple pieces of feedback before that. We're going to take a break to pay the bills. Um, if you like what we're doing here on the Bald Move Network with Orange and the New Black and all of our other stuff, we're doing a, a Breaking Bad rewatch right now with Jim and I. Uh, we're covering the leftovers. We got all kinds of irons in the fire. Uh, wrapping up True Blood next week. Uh, consider supporting us. There's a couple ways you can do so. One at subbable.com slash bald move where you can exchange uh, some of your filthy, filthy lucre, some of your money for valuable bald move content, custom content opportunities and memorabilia. You can use your amazon.baldmove.com link, uh, which if you're shopping on Amazon anyway, why wouldn't you? It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. We're stealing money from Amazon. They're a large corporation that shouldn't have any rights anyway. So help us pull as much of that from, from, from them as possible uh, with amazon.baldmove.com. You can also tell a friend or family member uh, share our links on social media. We really appreciate that. And give us a rating review on iTunes. Those are all great ways to help us grow the network and show, show your love and appreciation. And we appreciate all of that. Nina, would you care to plug your endeavor one last time? What's fresh in people's memory? <laughs> um, I always feel so, I don't know, dirty doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you come on to my podcast and you whore out your network. How dare you? And if I mention it, like in one of your Facebook threads, I feel like I don't want people to feel, um, but I did tell you before we record, I just want to say thank you publicly that, um, uh, we sent out a survey and one of the questions we asked our listeners is like, how did you hear of us? And, um, the, almost all of them were for other podcasts that I've guested on, but the majority of them were ball moves. So thank you for that. Um, thank you. I, yeah, I really, I'm so glad it's, it's worked out. Um, for and this for is so you. weird. This is still weird, like talking to you. Cause I, <laughs> like last year, I pretty much listened to every show you guys did, like on my way to work, at work, on my way home. So <laughs> this is still <laughs> surreal for me. Um, but the site is Project Fandom. The podcast is Podcast Fandom. And we are currently covering, um, well, one of the podcasts. Uh, we're covering The Strain, The Leftovers, and True Blood. And I, you know, it's a lot of fun. And if you're interested in any of that, yeah, check us out. Uh, I think you do a great job and you're super professional. You're working your ass off and it shows. So uh, thanks. Thanks for taking time out to, to join my podcast. So no problem. All right. Let's get on the feedback. Um, shoot. I somehow Did you lose it. No, I didn't lose it. I truncated the guy's name. So I'm going to re- read the email and why get your thoughts on it. I'm going to look it up so I can give the guy credit. Okay. Um, but he said, Aaron in reference to the orange and new black episode 11 with the sister Ingalls backstory, this is based on a real-life incident in 2012 where Sister Megan Rice and two other protesters uh, – by the way, a 70-year-old nun uh, – two other protesters broke into the Y-12 National Security Pro- Complex in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. They spray-painted anti-war slogans and splattered blood all over the side of a large warehouse where highly enriched uranium is stored. The show was spot-on with what the real facility looks like. The show says it's a nuclear test site. But in real life, this is where they make and maintain nuclear bombs and make fuel for the Navy nu- Navy's nuclear subs and ships. 
There's no testing going on there, but it was a big deal because all they did was cut some chain link fence and they were in. Uh, and like the show, security took way too long to respond to the incident. Um, I looked up some more information about this. Uh, this lady, uh, Megan Rice, was charged with misdemeanor trespasses and destruction of uh, and depredation of government property, which is a felony, and faced up to a hundred thousand dollar fine and a year in prison. However, the feds then came in and charged them with damaging a defense facility under the Sabotage Act, a sentence of up to twenty years in prison, and charge. Um, and since they caused more than ten thousand dollars of damage to government property, another ten years in prison. Uh, they were just recently convicted in May 9, 2013. Uh, Megan said, my only regret is I didn't do this 70 years ago. Um, see, I think that they're, uh, she was sentenced in February 18, 2014 for 35 months in prison. And her accomplices were sentenced to 62 months. I think um, I want to say my, well, let me get your reaction to that while I look up uh, this when gentleman's did- name. They were sentenced uh, last year. When did they actually do it? Uh, the, in 2012. So it's two years oh, later okay. they got sentenced. They were convicted in 2013 and they're sentenced in 2014. I, yeah, I had no idea that this – I'd never heard of this. Me, my, me either. Uh, that's kind of insane that they could potentially get – I mean I get it. But it's, I mean, oh, there's so many things at play here. Like, if that is what is going on in this facility and you only have a chain link fence that some nuns can <laughs> right. bypass, that's kind of scary. And you wonder if maybe this is, uh, I don't know, like such a harsh sentence because, I don't know, a 70-year-old nun, though? Come on. I, like if, I feel... Like this was entirely due to the government being embarrassed. Yes, that's okay. Like, like if like, nuns oh. can penetrate with a ch- with a wire cutter, your top secret facility that the security of the naval's weaponry relies on, then fucking shame on you, man. Seriously, you need to take that as a teachable, like a learning moment, and and keep it going because. And then it doesn't make to me if, and I understand that. I understand being embarrassed and saying, you know, shit. But it doesn't make you look better to then sentence a seventy-year-old nun to how much time did she get? Uh, like, almost three uh, years. Almost three years. Come on, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mean, I get that you can't have people breaking into weapons facilities and stuff. But on the other hand, if it was guarded the way it was supposed to, they probably would have been stopped before they did any government destruction of property. And like, they're just sitting around taking photo ops. I, I don't know. The punishment has to fit the crime. But if the government can't take be bothered to protect its vital national uh, facilities, then what the fuck? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I got two minds of it because definitely. You can't have people just breaking laws and destroying things because they don't believe in it. But on the other hand, you need to be sending nuns to jail for three years because they're protesting. Right. They didn't. It's not like they blew the place up. They didn't hurt anybody. Uh, That was Kevin, um, by the way, that wrote into that. So thank you, Kevin C., for uh, sharing that information. I had no idea. That was fascinating. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else? Um, one more. Tiffany C. said, I recently had a family member be released from a two-year stay in prison. I've not heard of the stamps uh, and the scheme uh, that V's using as shown on the TV show, but a great deal of money was moved around. This is in response, by the way, Nina, that we've had some questions in the last weeks about how exactly does prison economics work? 
But she says, um, from her experience, a great deal of money was moved around using money cards such as Green Dot or prepaid cash cards. Family members or friends would buy the cards or credits at the store and give the redemption code or card number to the prisoner inside who would then pass it on to other prisoners and guards as well in exchange for drugs and other contraband. Just sharing because I myself was shocked at how much money goes through the prison and how easy it was to do. How do you – I don't know how you possibly stop prison contraband. Uh, uh, I, I guess where I'm confused is, um, so the what to what end? What do they didn't do with that? Yeah, because is she saying that you buy a card, like a prepaid card, like a like a prepaid Visa card? Yep. And you can go to any place that sells prepaid cards, whatever, and buy like like an iTunes card in any kind of increment, and it has a code. Sure. So if you're giving that person the code to put on the card, where are they spending the card? Am I being naive? So, like, I think so the, what benefit does the guards get from ha- – like are they giving them their loaded cards as payment to like look away? So here's what I'm guessing is happening and maybe um, – because I had some of the same questions. Maybe Tiffany can, can uh, write in to clarify this. But like the whole question we had is like how does V make the money? The way I understand it is – V buys stamps from commissary. She then gives them to someone on the outside who then sells them for like half price. You know, like people come up the street and say, Hey, you want to buy a book of stamps for five bucks? Sure. Why not? It's $20 or whatever. They get to keep the pocket of money and V gets money into her commissary that she can then use to buy goods and favors. I think this is just a more straightforward way of doing that, that you probably can't smuggle cash and cards in, but you might be able to memorize a number to tell someone that can write it on their body somewhere, or maybe they memorize it. I'm not sure how they transmute that, but then once you have that information, you can give it out, and then eventually it has to get outside the prison for it to be converted to anything that you can actually spend, because I don't know if you know this, but prisoners can't go to Amazon Right. Baldmove.com or otherwise and just buy shit and there's not targets and shit inside there. There's a commissary, but I'm pretty sure it only accepts credit that people deposit from the outside. So I feel like these are all schemes to move valuable merchandise to the outside so they can get money in their commissary account to then do things with. Or bribe, like you said, bribe, give a guard a $100 target card or a $100 Visa prepaid card that they can spend on the outside for a little bit of, you know, a little bit of favoritism. Right. But again, it's it seems like it's all about taking something of value on the inside that has also value on the outside and then getting pennies on the dollar for it. Mm-hmm. Like any kind of kind of black or gray market scheme goes. I don't right. know. Uh, that's all I got. If you'd like to send feedback, you can do so at orange at baldmove.com or go to our show threads and our podcast threads on facebook.com slash baldmove. Um, check out Nina at projectfandom.com. Anything else you want to say before we sign off until the uh, with you until the uh, wrap-up show? No, just thank you again for having me. All right, we're not going to do all this, uh, you know, mutual backslap and thank you. I feel like we're the little gophers on the the Looney Tune show. It's like no, no, after you. Oh no, after you. <laughs> so thanks again for uh, being on, and we'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, Nina. All right, see you then.